0: You know, like, I could be a big fish in a little pond, but why don't I try and be a big fish in a big pond? Like, why not? Like, maybe I'll, like, start smaller, but, like, why not? Like, just, like, grow, you know? So, and when you're having these conversations at, like, 10 to 12, like, that is, like, really, really weird. Definitely dancers grow up really quickly. Um, But, again, I wouldn't have the time management. I wouldn't be as successful as I am in, like, other aspects of my life without it. So, yeah.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> welcome back to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, welcome back to 2 for Ice podcast Where we document the rise, stardom with Winnipeg's talent and personalities
1: Number one podcast in Winnipeg, hit the subscribe button We've got a crazy guest for you today, I think you're going to like it Let's bring on our guest for today She's a dancer, a TV star, and here to talk about her journey Please welcome Alexa Moist Hello oh. Thank applause, you for having applause.
0: me Thanks for
1: coming mm-hmm. So, right off the bat You're a TV star. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, like, I guess so. I don't really like, like, talking about myself that way because I Mm. feel like I was so accustomed to, like, these types of, like, experiences since I was, like, young that it wasn't really, like, anything new to me. And since it's, like, more of a local slash national thing, I don't like, see it in that way, but yeah. I know everyone that's watched <laughs> it has, like, been, like, really shocked. So, yeah, yeah no, I, the feedback has definitely been great from
2: that. Uh, how'd experience. that start for you? So, what is the show, first of all? Because we yeah. uh, we yeah. tried watching it. It's in French. We have no idea what's yeah. going on. So, the uh, show
0: is called Comment devenir adult, which in English is how to be an adult, basically. So, the past couple seasons, they did... The first three seasons, I believe, were all in Winnipeg. I actually know some people that were on the past seasons. They did follow a couple dancers that I used to dance with that are much older than me. And then two seasons were filmed with kids in Toronto. And then this past season was filmed with four girls. So it was her first, like, all-woman cast. It wasn't originally okay. supposed to be that way, but, you know, contracts and everything and sure. whatever. So it ended up being that way, but I think it actually, like went over really well and i know like um you tv which is like who puts it out on tv and everything mm-hmm. they loved it and they really liked like the whole all women concept okay. um and yeah so they basically just like recruit different personalities people with different backgrounds and everything um i know that they like in winnipeg there's basically only like two full french schools other than like the little country mm-hmm. schools so There definitely is a very, like, small selection of, like, French-speaking people that also have a life that's, like, you know, worth, like, showing (laughs) on TV. But, uh, yeah, I think it went over really well. Um, How I got into it, basically, I don't think I would have gotten this opportunity if I didn't dance. First of all, I'm going to put it out there. Like, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Um, That was, like, my whole life forever. And I definitely think that that's, like, what fueled, like, my presence on social media and a bunch of other things, so um, one of the girls, like, reached out to me that works for Wookie Films, which is, like, the studio that produces um, the show. And she called me. I was in Hawaii at the time, actually. Um, it was, I guess, December 2019, like, right before 2020 and COVID. Sure. And I get this call. And I guess it's, like, nighttime in Winnipeg time, morning in Hawaii. And I'm, like, Mm -hmm. hi. And they're, like, oh, yeah, like, do you want to do this show? And I'm just, like, oh, okay. So then I set up a phone interview because I was still in Maui at the time. Uh And then they're just, like, yeah. And then when you come back, like, come and meet us in the studio. So I'm, like, okay, sounds (laughs) good. So it's just in the exchange. It's, like, a beautiful space. They actually just expanded it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I went in there, kind of studio like this, honestly, and – had a ring light on me and they're just asking me questions like boom, boom, boom. I'm just like, this is so weird because I'm used to like dancing in front of cameras and stuff. But like speaking, I was like so nervous about it. Um, Also it's like all French. So like in terms of like talking about like my personal life and everything, definitely more comfortable in English in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because my mom speaks French, but my dad doesn't. So like definitely more of an English speaking home, but I still spoke French with like so much of my family and everything. So it was definitely – there was a certain, like, discomfort there at first. And then – so I did one on-camera interview, and then I had another on-camera interview with one of my friends who actually didn't end up being on the show um, just because he had some other film opportunities. Um, and then we did one together to, like, see, like, our chemistry on camera and just how we, like, speak with each other. So, like, the whole process – was super cool they also like had me with some of my other friends that would eventually be in some episodes with me as well and then they kind of made the decision and then for a couple months there's just paperwork slash deciding on like uh, the other characters i think i was the first one like hired i guess you could say okay and then we started all our meetings and everything july 2020 and then Contracts were signed at the end of July, and then we filmed from July 2020 till July 2021.
1: Wow. Okay, so a full, a full yeah. year.
0: Yeah, a that's full a, year. Wow. That's a crazy
1: yeah. process. Like
0: Very crazy process.
1: What were your thoughts when you were going through the whole process, like setting up an interview? Mm-hmm. Was it more of casting or just like, hey, what are, what are your personality like or yeah. judging based on your personality? I mean, thing?
0: like, I think it was a little bit of both. I think a lot of them, like, kind of knew, like, you know – Winnipeg's small, so, like, in terms of people in the arts, like, whether it's, like, singers, dancers, photographers, everyone kind of knows each other. So there was definitely people that were, like, either interning with the team or whatever who already had an idea of who I was. But obviously, to be, like, fair, they kind of had to, like, put me through the process, you know? And, like, I, you know, like, I could be a great dancer and stuff, and if I choked on camera, I don't think they would have, like, had me, you know? Uh Um, So... Definitely a little bit of both. I think with the other ones, it was definitely more like casting, recruiting, and more extensive interviews, just because some people didn't put their life out there as much, so you don't really, like, know them, or, like... um, But I think they ended up with, like, a really good team, and everyone was so different on this season, which is really neat. Um, But, yeah.
2: What was the transition like? Because, you know, I used to dance as well, but Mm -hmm. going from dancing into on camera, like, you know, being uh camera presence and everything yeah that's definitely a learning curve because you don't feel that rea- reaction right away like if you do a cool move and dance mm-hmm. you get the audience reaction right away so yeah. what was that transition like so
0: it was definitely weird especially with covid too because we would be filming like in code red lockdowns and like all of this i had there's one episode where we're all self-filming okay. um just because uh, for the most part like in terms of like covid like regulations, Any, like, TV show that, like, started prior to, like, those restrictions starting was allowed to continue. It just had to be done a bit differently. But during that, like, first initial Code Red, we actually did have to um, self-film, which was, like, definitely very difficult. I think the first couple episodes were definitely hard because, again, like like you said, I'm expecting a reaction from someone or, like, I'm expecting to be, like, corrected, and they do correct you in a sense – But it's like they kind of just like want to hear what you say and they can cut everything and whatever, you know. So that was definitely something to get used to. And I'm like a very much like high functioning like perfectionist. So like very hard for me the first couple of episodes um, in terms of just being like I'd like say something. I'm like, Kate, you have to refilm that like I can't. They're like, well, we're going to have you do it like 10 times like you're fine. So that was definitely something to get used to. Also, the first couple episodes, I had a boyfriend at the time. I did not want him on the show at all, but, you know, they need um they need drama and stuff, so, like, it was fine. I eventually agreed to it, Um, basically just following that we had to do long distance at some point, but that was definitely, like, really awkward, and, like, I hated it. Hated it so much. I think it also was, like, hard for me, because these first episodes, because the way it was filmed, like, some isn't in order at all. Like, okay. the first episode was not filmed first, like... Mm-hmm there's stuff like that as the season went on then it was more in chronological order but obviously since we started filming in summer it's definitely hard to like get all us girls that were actually characters on the show together and then like getting like our storyline started too so kind of did it whenever like we all could and whenever we had time to do it um it's definitely hard for me though cuz like the first couple episodes I was filming my boyfriend was in and I was like number one I didn't really agree to this number two like isn't this about me and sharing my story? Because that's the only reason why I did this show. I was like, I want to, like, talk to people. And at the end of the season, I, like, really talked about, like, the struggles that I've faced, like, during dance and just in my life, which, like, was really empowering for me. So I feel like the first bit was definitely hard to get through. And there was days I was like, I can't do this. And then I have to, like, talk on camera by myself, you know, and, like, speak about this. And then there was times I had to talk about it and we had broken up and I had to just be like, yeah.
1: So well, yeah. like that's scary, though, because like they can portray that however they want. Well, they can stir the pot however they want.
0: Exactly. They were very respectful yeah. about that. I have to give that to them. Like if someone like slipped up on like Confess Cam or whatever, they would take it out or and stuff like that. So I, we definitely had a say in what we wanted to share. But there's definitely stuff that was portrayed like how. Mm. But I think anybody that does like reality TV or anything like. That shows their life will like say that you know, yeah. but
1: like issues like a breakup are definitely amplified. Like well, yeah, you know and I mean? like
0: that, like when you start the show and stuff like that, they they basically say to you, you know, like you can you can call us anytime. Like if you're having a really bad day and if something happens to you, call us. Um, unfortunately, like I was just kind of uh, like I broke up with my ex, so like it didn't really like matter. I didn't call them. It was in the middle code red too. They couldn't even come if they wanted to. Um. And then, like, I just ended up talking about it on camera, like, a couple months later, which is just, like, weird. Like, the timeline of things is weird, and, like, sometimes it's really hard for me, because when you're, like, doing your confess cam, where it's just, like, you on the camera, it's definitely, like, hard to, like, portray the emotion that you were feeling in that time, but then you're, like, talking about it, and then it, you have to keep in mind that it is glued to that, like, mm. scenes or, like, those episodes, so it's definitely
2: Doesn't that blur the line, though, of what's, like, on camera versus, like, your real life?
0: Um, I think to some degree, yes, and to some degree, no. I think most of the things that we were all experiencing and going through in the show were, like, long-term struggles or experiences, so it was definitely easy to talk about over time. Um, But when it comes to, like something that like we all did as a group and we'd have to like talk about it where it wasn't as serious of conversations but you have to kind of like talk about it as like a playback thing definitely hard to remember what happened two months ago in that episode and now I have to talk about it obviously the director Alex who's like one of my like best friends like I love her like I got to know her so much um through that process she had like notes for me and she's like remember so this is what happened a couple of months ago so like talk about that I'm like okay yeah I got it." So there was only a couple times where I felt like it was emotionally hard to, like, portray that when I was just by myself speaking about it. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I think it was, like, really good. And they really did their best to, like, make us feel comfortable, too.
2: That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Being a dancer and being a reality TV star, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. two different lifestyles.
0: Very much so, yeah. So, like,
1: where did you find that balance um, in terms of, like, okay, this is my private life and I want this, like, Mm -hmm. kept within me? Yeah. Or is what I want, like, the world to see. Yeah. So how was that balance?
0: <laughs> um <laughs> I'm like this is like a really hard question because I feel like I'm very like open with my friends and everything. So on camera it wasn't that hard for me to portray it, but there was definitely things where I was just like I don't want to say this. Like what if I, or something I'd want to talk about, I'd like get nervous and like hold back almost because I'm like, I don't want a kid to hear this and like think this is like a normal thing, you know? And I'll get into more of like what I'm talking about when we talk about dance, especially, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely like really hard in that sense, I think. And with dance too, you know, your facility is your body. Like you don't, it's not your voice. You don't have any equipment or anything like it is your body, so it's definitely, like, like, you can mess up and whatever, and you can just practice and practice and practice for it to be good, whereas, like, shoots, like, that shoot isn't happening again. Like, yeah, like, we can retake stuff, but, like, it is what it is after that, you know?
2: Yeah, but you're also playing a character, right? It is you, Yeah, but you're also amplifying it a little bit.
0: Amplifying it a lot, and I think the girls are all very different, you know? There's, like, one girl on there who's, like, very, like, she cares about the environment like she does like a lot of charity work and everything whereas I have been so consumed in my own like experiences and everything that I look back and I'm like I look so selfish right now I look like all I care about is these materialistic things and all of that which is not true at all and like I like even growing up in high school like there would be misconceptions with me and like some other dancers because we travel a lot and we have all of this and then when i'm talking about my dance experiences and all of this on the show and then right after you see someone else like talking about how like they're like cleaning winnipeg like and cleaning all the garbage off of the streets of winnipeg so difficult for me to handle cuz i'm just like oh my goodness like i don't want people to like see me coming across as fake or whatever so that was definitely like an like an internal struggle for sure mm-hmm.
1: So let's let's transition into this dance world. Yeah. Um, When did you start dancing and what made you start dance?
0: Okay, so I started dancing when I was three years old, actually. So very small, obviously, Um, like you just start with your pre tap pre ballet type of thing. I started actually because at like the first house that I lived in when I was younger, um, our neighbors were like four girls and they all danced. So, obviously, that's kind of how it started, but, like, ever since I was a kid, like, I always had that personality. Like, I'd, like, dress up and dance. I'd, me and my cousins would make music videos, so I was already, like, pretty creative in that sense. And my parents, like, not my mom, but my dad and my sister, kind of, my sister's much older than me. She's 14 years older than me, so... um tried to like get me into like soccer and everything which was definitely not the thing for me if ever I was like in Timbit soccer and I was the goalie I'd just like do the splits and the thing so they realized (laughs) like I think after like a half a season yeah like that's just not her we're not even gonna try that anymore so yeah so I started when I was three I went to a different studio when I was younger there's lots of studio hopping that goes on in Winnipeg for sure um so I started when I was three I probably started getting serious about it when I was, like, seven, you know, um, taking it to the next level in terms of doing competitions and stuff. Back in the day, there was only a couple competitions in Winnipeg. Like, there was, like, Manitoba Dance Festival, CNDC, and a couple other ones. So I definitely started on a smaller scale. Then I switched studios when I was about, I want to say, Ten. Um so then I switched and then I got really into the ballet and that's kind of when I started got, getting really really good. Um I had a really good ballet teacher. Um I was there for about from when I was like 10 to like 12 and then I switched to like my studio that literally like changed my life. <laughs> um when I was around 12 13. Um but yeah, I started like getting good. And really training in ballet and all styles. I did everything except for tap. I stopped tap when I was, like, a baby. I think I did it, like, my first year, and that's it. Um, And, yeah, so really started training ballet, jazz, contemporary. I think very early on, all my teachers realized, like, I was a very creative dancer. I think there's, like, lots of trained dancers that are really good at technique, but when it comes to, like, improv or, like, freestyling is another word for it, or, like, creating your own stuff or performing – Sometimes that's where you like miss the mark and there's a bunch of layers to like dancers but they could tell like I was already a performer. Mm-hmm. I had personality and I was like very creative. So that definitely got me to where I am today obviously like with the show and everything. Yeah. Um so then I switched studios when I was like 12 or 13 um at marquee dance academy. Oh. Um amazing studio, amazing yeah, yeah. teachers, amazing opportunities like I'm still friends with everybody I danced with. Just really an amazing family. Um, Really took over our life, you know? (laughs) Um, I kind of, I started there, like, as a summer camp. I did my auditions to get into the competitive teams there. Kind of got into everything. And then we started, like, a summer camp. And, like, right away, I was, like, put into this small group. This guy, Daniel Baker, who used to teach, like, our big dance conventions that you see at the convention center, like, I Dance Triple Threat was doing a ballet small group with a couple of us girls and all those girls that were in that small group are still my friends today. I work with some of them, you know, so it's like very interesting to see how far we've all come. So right away at Marquee, like I was kind of just brought in, all the teachers were super welcoming. I definitely had like improvements to make when anyone's coming from a different studio, you're coming from a different type of ballet training, a different type of jazz training, a whole different type of vibe i guess like and the studio i came from before was like very very small whereas Marquis huge sure. you're in classes with 20 to 30 people mm-hmm. you know yeah. so i and i remember when i was in the process of switching studios i was like you know like i could be a big fish in a little pond but why don't i try and be a big fish in a big pond like why not like sure. maybe i'll like start smaller but like why not like just like grow you know so and when you're having these conversations that like 10 to 12 like that is like really really weird definitely dancers grow up really quickly Mm -hmm. um but again I wouldn't have the time management I wouldn't be as successful as I am in like other aspects of my life without it so yeah marquee was just like a journey I think my first year there like we did so many competitions I was given a bunch of solos with different teachers duos with some of my best guy friends today and it was awesome and we started traveling and traveling and traveling Um, doing conventions, competing. And then when I was in grade 11 in 2018, we actually um, were asked to audition for Team Canada, a couple of us dancers, um, to go to Poland in December of 2018. So I did these auditions in, like, May 2018. Um, They were hosted at my studio, but obviously that doesn't guarantee anything. There's Mm -hmm. people from, like, all over Canada coming, and there was two... Canadian teams just because Toronto and that and there's so much talent and there's so many dancers that you kind of had to have two team Canadas in that sense so there was two of us um but so yeah I was on a team with a couple of dancers that I grew up with, dancing with at Marquee, and then um a couple others just from like Alberta there was some from Brandon as well who I'm also still friends with so it's just like really cool like you meet so many amazing talented people that like and those relationships carry on through life. I, I mean, as of right now, they have anyways. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we did those um, auditions, and then we started learning everything in the summer for the Worlds and practice, practice, practice. We had choreographers kind of from, like, everywhere coming in, and then my own ballet teacher did our ballet choreography. So we were practicing, 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 and then – left to go to europe in december 2018 i remember the day that like we got there in a sense like eight hours later we were on stage doing our um ballet piece and we actually got first and gold for that one and then throughout the week um we had like contemporary pieces and jazz pieces so um that was a bit different you know there's like different rounds it's kind of like it's exactly organized like the olympics Mm -hmm. it's just with dance Yeah, yeah um so it how it's works is, like, there's, like, your quarter finals or whatever. I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know how it's all divided anymore, but it's, like, quarter semis, and, you know, you go. Um, It was funny, though, because – you're coming from, like, different cultures and everything, so they're, they're very, like, strict on dress codes and stuff. So I remember for a couple of our jazz pieces and stuff, we'd get flags, so we'd make it to the next round, but you'd have to fix whatever was wrong with, like, your costume before, like, the next round and before you'd compete in the next round. And what was interesting was the order that they did it was you would be, like, first in, like, the first lineup, But then you would dance, like, last in the next lineup. So then they really switch up the orders on you. So you'd have to, like, think quick on your feet and just, like, kind of go. And that was an amazing experience. Met so many amazing dancers. But I also think that was the time where it felt like we weren't even training as dancers anymore. We were just going from competition, competition to competition to convention to Florida to Europe to Toronto. Like, it was definitely insane and that's definitely I think in grade 11 was when I experienced like a lot of burnout and when I was starting to realize in high school I'm like I have no relationships with people at high school and yeah like this dance stuff is great but like this has been my entire life like I don't know anything else and I think At that time, a lot of others were also kind of starting to feel that way. And it just felt like we were constantly playing catch up and constantly competing. And honestly, like any dancer will tell you during that competition season, you are in like really good shape and you are extremely like good at the moves you are doing and all those dance pieces. But you aren't training like you usually are like September to December and like your ballet training and your jazz training, which is like all very like fundamental things that you need to be doing, to, like, maintain your technique and agility and endurance, you are, you have your endurance for the dances you're doing, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so, like, just very rehearsed. So it's definitely very hard to now just, like, be doing dance after dance after dance and just competing, and that's kind of when, like, I definitely, like, felt lost in the dance world a little bit just because I really, I've always enjoyed, like, taking class and creating, and I love being on stage, but... I got to a point where, like, I didn't care how we did. And we were doing so well anyway. I don't think we could ever have done bad. So I was just like, what's, the like, the point in competing? Like, my technique is, like, going down right now because we're competing so much and I'm only doing these dances. And, like, I could honestly see it when I watch back videos of me dancing and, like, just in solos and stuff. And then you're getting burnt out because you're doing these moves repetitively. And I remember in grade 11, like, I had a really bad back injury too. So that kind of just definitely took a toll on things for me and I definitely that's kind of when my confidence went downhill too and I just kind of yeah. felt lost in that sense but I obviously mean, I still kept doing
2: it <laughs> I, mean, I mean with the world of dance there's like two sides well there's like you're just dancing to have fun yeah. right like you're I'm trying to groove I'm trying to get yeah. my emotions out and then there's high level competition yeah which uh, which gets intense right there's shows like what's the show Dance Moms, is that is that dance the one? Dance Moms, yeah, oh that that
0: I, w- I grew up watching <laughs> that, yes.
2: Yeah, and but you look at, like, you know, the problems and the pressure that these dancers have on mm-hmm. them at a young age. Did that ever affect you, like, mentally? Oh, yes. And, tr- <laughs> like, how how did you get over that, or how did, like, how do yeah. other people cope with that, especially when you said earlier that your body is the main thing that yeah pursues the dance, right? Yeah,
0: so I think, yeah, I mean, from a young age, like, think about it, I think it's definitely people understand it more these days just with social media and tiktok and everything which is a good thing that it's talked about but i honestly think it's incredibly scary for this young generation of dancers you know we had access to social media obviously when we were dancing and everything but it wasn't like tiktok where you could open a page and people are openly glamorizing eating disorders and like overly sharing it in a sense you know like We weren't really exposed to that we were just exposed to like who we were around and the comments we were getting from others in a sense so obviously extremely damaging but it wasn't like we had like that extra source from social media to really fuel that i'm like really scared for this Mm -hmm. new generation of dancers to be quite honest um and also just the pressure with covid and everything and how they haven't really had the same experience that we had Uh so yeah definitely Just think about it. Like, from a young age, you are in front of a mirror every single day. You are in ballet tights and a bodysuit, like, skin-tight clothing Mm -hmm. amongst 20 other girls. And same thing for guys. Like, I've talked to my guy friends in dance, and they've had, like, workout addictions where they don't stop working out because they have to lift girls. And obviously, as the girls are growing, the guys need to grow, too, if they need to lift us, you know? Mm -hmm. Or there's other guys that struggle if they want to, like, pursue, like, a ballet career or anything – then they have that pressure of being thin as well. So mm. it's definitely it definitely affects both sides for sure. Um, I, yeah, it definitely started, like, you have, like, one of my ballet teachers, not my most recent ballet teacher or anything, very, very, like, strict, um, like, boom, 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 ballet teacher. She'd, like, walk around with, like, a meter stick and, like, make us, like, suck our, like, butts in, like.
1: Damn.
0: And, you know, like, at the time, like, I was, like, this is completely normal, like, you know, but then, dan- like, with dance, and I've taken this past year, I've definitely taken a break and a step away from it. You don't realize, like, how messed up some parts of it are until, like, you walk away from it and, like, reflect a bit, and the show honestly helped me a lot with that, Um, just trying something new and, like, realizing, like, yeah, this is kind of in the same space and everything, but it's definitely, like, it was healthier for me, for sure, I think. <laughs> um... Yeah, definitely a rough time, probably when everyone's, like, going through puberty, obviously. Right. You know, like, again, in front of the mirror, everyone's bodies are changing. Everybody wants to be lifted by the boys. Everybody wants to be in the front row. You know, like, you you all want those. You're competitive in, like, winning, but you're also competitive amongst your peers. And it, like, definitely gets to all of you. And even though your peers are your friends, like, the amount of, like, toxicity that we were exposed to – so young is, like, terrifying. I don't think... There's sports. There's toxicity and competitiveness in certain sports, but I think, like, dance and, like, certain things where, like, your body is the only thing involved and, like, fueling, like, your rank, mm-hmm. That definitely, definitely um, hard to, like, go through in a sense. And it's also, like, hard just, like, the rejection that you face, like, from a young age, too. But it definitely, like, makes you stronger and... You know, like, people are going to say no to you your entire life. So I'm really glad, honestly, that I was exposed to that, like, at a young age. Because now, like, I just have, like, very thick skin. And I think that's why I'm, like, very successful in, like, my different workplaces. And just, like, in my relationships with people as well. Like, I kind of understand. But, yeah, I think also with dance, like, you understand from a very young age, like, what a transactional relationship is, too, you know? There's parents. Parents are ruthless dance parents. Like, my mom was, like, completely kind. She definitely did not get into drama or anything. But, like, if I was ever, like, in a bad situation, she would speak up. And my mom is, like, the nicest human being ever, hates confrontation, and she would speak up. And I think um, there was definitely times, you know, where when we're younger, if one of your friends gets an opportunity – They'll, like, shy away from it. They're not going to tell anybody. And then you have to find out, like, a different way. Like, definitely hard. I did it. My friends did it. But it's so weird to, like, see that happen at such a young age and then, like, have almost a resentment towards people at such a young age, too. And when you're that age, you don't really understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely hard to, like, process, like, reactions and stuff through all of that, too, and we always had like choreographers coming in as well to do like certain choreography and whatever and you had to be like invited to do like a solo or do it with them. Thankfully, like I was able to, but there was definitely like certain choreographers and stuff that took me a while to work with. Like I had to work hard, you know, like they're my dance group probably was one of like and my age group in dance in Winnipeg, like when we were all in our prime of dancing, I don't think Winnipeg's like ever seen like like that there was so many talented people at that time whereas like the years before us you could like hand pick a couple that were really good and you know all the names of people that were really good but in mine like from my studio and then a couple others I think we had the widest range of like diversity and talent okay. um but with c- what comes with that is like a lot of like competitiveness between your peers because I had some competition from other like, studios, but I think most of my competition and my peers' competition, we were all each other, and we were all best friends, and you're all, like, competing against each other, and you're all getting different opportunities from people, Mm -hmm. so it's definitely hard to, like, just turn around and, like, be best friends with that person, like, after. You know what I mean? And then there's, like, things like well, that person's mom asked to do that. So you definitely kind of, which never really happened, but I think you're exposed to, like, these, like, transactional rela- relationships and the search for recognition, like, really early on. Yeah.
1: Like, That's her. growing up, like, your childhood is your number one thing that shapes the rest of your life. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So getting exposed to that, conf- like, transactional relationships, that bod- body image how did that like how do you cope with that well I mean you we've already asked that question like but like when you're there as a child how does that impact you like what is going through your head (laughs) when you're in front of a mirror 24 7 yeah and all you're doing is competing against yourself and others to be perfect
0: yeah I think um it's affected a lot of People from a young age, like, I grew up in, like, a very, like, holistic, health, all natural, like, Mm -hmm. house, too, so I didn't really have any pressure from my house, but I was already exposed to a healthy lifestyle, so, like, thankfully, I didn't, like, have to, it it didn't start when I was super young. I think when when my, like, body dysmorphia and, like, eating disorders started probably when I was, like, in, like, eighth or ninth grade, and that was when... We were all in our prime mm-hmm. dancing. There was more talent because, again, studio hopping. I'll bring it back up now. In Winnipeg, Marquis was, like, on the rise. Other studios were on the rise. So people would either want to come to us or another studio. I'm not going to name them, but. Sure. Um, uh, so we'd have new people every season, every single dance season. So that was definitely hard. I was one of the new girls one year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so every single year we have this new talent and it was another name in this wide range of diversity and this wide range of talented people in our age group that would come in. And obviously teachers are like, oh, they're new. We're going to like groom them, try and get them at the same level or maybe even better as as these people. Mm -hmm. So I think it was hard because you always wanted to keep up. You didn't want to be overlooked. And the amount of times like I saw, you know, when I came in, it was like a whole different group and I think only four of us like stayed uh, in that up top place because every, every year or every couple of months when a new person came in, someone would fall and that was definitely very difficult and it honestly pains me that I did that to somebody and it wasn't me that did that, but you know, like it it just like the action of me and a couple of other people going there like caused someone else to be overlooked and that's why you have to constantly work hard and again, would not be as successful without dance, you know, as much as it definitely, some parts of it are, like, very, like, traumatizing and, like, hard to talk about. I, like, owe my entire, like, life to it, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it definitely going, like, from person to person and, like, having, like, new people come in, that's when the pressure started. You know, when I first got there, I was, like, given a ton of, like, Duets with the boys, which is what you want. It's really what you want because when like judges like see you together and stuff like that, like you can sell that as a package. Your solos and stuff will do better because of that. Because if they see an amazing duet and they and you're a good dancer on your own too, you're doing awesome and you're like winning everything, you know. So, again, I did so many dances and sometimes like I think about honestly that like if I just would have focused on like ballet or contemporary or jazz, Mm -hmm. how good. Could I have been at that one thing? I think I, like, definitely spanned my talent out in so many styles. And we were all very good at all those styles. But I always wonder how, like, it would be if I just trained in, like, one or two specific styles. And how, like, really good I could have gotten. And how much, like, stress it would have saved me in a sense. Because dance in Canada is, like, very different from dance in the States. Um, dance in the States, you... Basically, kind of, you're a competitive dancer, like, you're a competitive kid, or you are a trained dancer that, like, trains your whole life. Like, you do recitals in some performances, but you're really trained, like, professionally to then go to, like, an art school, like, Juilliard, Alvin Ailey, or, you know, yeah, 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 places they, like that, NYU mean. Tisch, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely very different. Here all kids kind of start, if you're, like, talented enough, all kids kind of start as competitive kids. There definitely is, like, some training in some ballet schools in, like, Alberta, or if you go to Toronto, there's some as well. Um, But in Canada, it's definitely more, like, you're competitive, and then you kind of want to see what you do with it after. Mm -hmm. And like I said, competition, especially when you get really into it, and as you get older, your technique slides because you're so rehearsed in those dances that you don't have as much time to go into class, too. So... I think in the States, too, lots of people stop when they they do competitive dance, but then you see these trained dancers that are, like, way better than all these competitive kids because they're not as burnt out. They're training and training and training. Of course, they're going to get burnt out, but they're training everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we train a lot, but then once competitive season, all that choreography starts, you're just doing that so you're not doing your routine ballet stretches and all of that stuff
2: but how do you break the cycle of toxicity within dance like (laughs) especially with like social media going on like you're constantly comparing and and it's not only dance too like other other um, sports as well the the comparing is what leads to competition yeah that's what leads you to be the best version of yourself so if you get rid of that you know comparing Mm -hmm. nature then it's like oh happy go lucky you know
0: yeah i think I think in that sense, when, like, people are, like, trained answers, there definitely is competition. There's competition in a normal class. Yeah, yeah. Where nobody's even being selected, you know? Like, you, like, a teacher's walking around correcting everybody, and I always loved getting corrections because I'm, like, that means, like, I'm improving, and, like, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. and it definitely, that part of me has definitely, like, followed through in, like, the jobs I have and stuff now. And I'm really, like, open to, like, constructive criticism and stuff. Sure. Um but I think there's a, competitiv- a competitiveness in class, and even as we're doing, like, choreography and stuff, and we haven't even hit the stage and are being ranked yet, mm-hmm. you want that front row spot. Exactly. You want all of that. So I think all of that amongst being in front of these mirrors for eight hours a day for, like, hours of your week affected so many of us girls. And I've, like, seen so many people, like, stop, dance, be in and out of the hospital, like awful thankfully like my parents were like very like they kind of like nipped it in the bud in a sense with me when I was younger but I definitely think like it was more of like Kate we're pushing it under the carpet and like if you keep doing this like you can't dance Mm -hmm. so you know like you almost feel like a prisoner in your own home in a sense because like you don't want to stop dancing so like what are you gonna do but I think then it like worked for a while because we're competing 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 but then when we kind of stopped and, like, COVID stuff was happening, that's kind of when it, like, all came back. And I'm just, okay. like, holy, like, I'm not doing this every day. Yeah. I'm not, uh, like, it's it's such a complex thing, and there's so many layers to it. Um. But, yeah, I definitely think with social media, too, we all now have that pressure from that, which is, like, that's yeah. why I'm, like, really scared for this, like, new generation of, like, kids in general, but especially kids that yeah. dance.
2: Yeah.
1: But I, but I think it's okay to be not perfect, you know. Like well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <So> like. <laughs>
0: Tell that to a dancer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you're doing that, like, f- think about it. Like, as a as a, I'm gonna grow up and I want to have a pa- family. Mm-hmm. Why would I put my kids through that? Like, yeah. if I if I know like, dance, is gonna set that up. Yeah. Why put them through that trouble?
0: I don't think everyone's dance experience was like. If I'm mm. gonna be quite honest Probably I like think
1: top top tier,
0: yeah, like. we were the top tier of our age group. We sure. were the best you could get in Winnipeg. I think we went the furthest that we could have mm. honestly, um so if you dial that competition down a bit if you if your kid's still in competitive dancing in a couple of dances, I don't think they're gonna like talk about dance, huh? I'm talking about it right now, you know, yeah. um. Yeah, that's definitely a good question. I also think, you know, like, you can easily put kids in rec and they'd be, they'd be completely fine. I also, like, advice I give to, like, even parents that are getting their kids in dance, I'm like, yeah, it's fine for them to do groups in every style and, like, dip their toes in, a water, in the water a bit. Don't put them through doing five solos in five different styles. Like, that's crazy. And, like, that's what we were all doing. So it definitely – and then we were competing also for, like – I like groups in every style – small groups in every style with this like range of kids that I danced with that were all very talented and we all like looked the same like same height blonde hair or like most of us were blonde but like you know like same height same body type like and the sad part about dance is like it's so competitive and when you get to that like level like you really understand like and going into it professionally, too, and that's kind of the reason why I made the decision when I did coming out of high school. And, I mean, obviously, COVID fueled that decision, too. But so much of it is based on your look. And it's not even about your weight half the time, either. You know, like, you can be going to an audition, and, like, they could want, like, a brunette, they could want, like, different ethnic, ethnicities and stuff. And you are going to that on audition. You get the call because, like, you're talented enough but then you'll, like, go, you'll dance, and they'll be like, yeah, we're just, you're just not what we're looking for today, or you won't even dance yet. Oh. And they're like, yeah, like, y- you don't look the part, like, you're not what we want. So there's not only the talent aspect as you, like, get really good at it. It's, like, what you look like. It's your personality. It's what you look like next to the other person that is getting yeah. that, you know, especially when you work in film, if you work in concerts, if you work... On like cruise ships in companies you know if you have to look a certain part it's definitely hard because again it's contract work that's kind of why I d- decide not to like you know when you're a dancer like contract by contract so you could get like a really good one but then w- when that's done you could be auditioning for like months and months and months at a time before you get another gig so I just definitely knew that that was not the lifestyle that I wanted for myself um And I just think I'm, like, I'd rather, like, leave dance in the box that it's in and still do it throughout my life and still be able to create and everything and maybe, like, just, like, the show kind of. Like, it was an opportunity that kind of just, like, rolled around. I wasn't really looking for it. But now that I did that, I'm so much more open to opportunities like that that it's, like, if a dance thing comes up, I'll train hard for a month and like go do it if I if my schedule allows me to you know so I kind of just knew it would always be in my back pocket and in my life but it was definitely not something I could pursue as a career I don't think some of my friends are actually like in school right now in Toronto at Ryerson and like props to them because like you and I really really loved it and I still love it but like people are like willing to do that and then once they're, like, out of school, like, work contract by contract, like, that takes, like, a very special type of person. And, like, I wish all the best for them.
2: Yeah. You mentioned the transaction, like, uh, relationship that you have between either a dancer or uh, someone, but you also have that same thing in your show as well, right? You get to tell your story, but the producers also need to make money. Yeah. Right? The show also needs to do well. Yeah. So how is that balancing that? And what certain things did you notice during the show that (laughs) – really emphasize that point
0: honestly think like again with this transactional relationship thing like i was just like like i don't know this is the struggle and i want to talk about this more because it comes from dance and the show whenever i like get into relationships with people i definitely have learned in the past year to like introduce myself as a human being i'm not what i've done in my life you know and definitely until last year something i really struggled with you know I'm a dancer. I did this with my life. I went here. I did this. Because I'd hide behind all those things. Mm. Because, like, inside, like, I was struggling with so much. So I'd hide behind, like, everything that I was doing. And I'd hide behind dance. And I'd hide behind all these things. So I think with that relationship, it almost felt like, like, are you dating me? Or are you dating the person that just got signed a TV show when she started dating you? Mm. And, like, Mm. you know, so there was, like, parts like that. If I was, like, if I was, like, a normal person which i completely am but if i didn't do all these things would you be dating me right now or does it just look good for your image you know
2: you're never gonna find that answer exactly yeah no no one's gonna straight up tell you or but that's who you are i genuinely think he was
0: there like for the right intentions but there's definitely like parts of me that are just like like, you know you're you're like posting this and stuff like that but like you don't do any of this like on the side so like you you are profiting off of my life right now and, like, even when he wasn't, like, doing episodes, you were, like, sharing all this, you know? So it's definitely weird.
2: It's weird. But, but, a, but lo- <laughs> sorry. a lot of people do hide behind that, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not only just, like, you hiding behind dance. Like, people will use other things to hide yeah. behind because nobody wants to put themselves out there. No. Right? Nobody wants to be judged by somebody in a very negative or, you know, way where you look vulnerable in front of someone. Yeah. So I can understand why. Mm -hmm. you know people would just be like hey look at this instead Mm -hmm. you know i'll keep this to myself and you just look at the outside and this is what i'm doing so you know there's two sides to everything but like i I can definitely see why Mm -hmm. that's an issue right but
1: it's very powerful that you're open about that and you're willing to talk about it because i think it's important i think
0: it's super important and it's something i like struggled with like for a very very long time because again when i was kind of talking about the burnout that i was starting to feel and like mid high school it was i had no relationships with anybody from high school they all knew me as this dancer that was very rarely at school i did amazing in school but like i be pulled out of school i'd go at lunch to go practice at the studio i'd go practice my solos at the studio i'd be pulled out of school for competitions i'd miss weeks at a time because i was traveling you know it was clear that i only cared about my friendships at dance my relationships at dance and, like, dance as a whole. I didn't care about any relationships I had with people in high school until my last two years, and I do have some very good friends from high school now, which I think was very good for me to have people in my life that were separate from dance in that world.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, you had ultimate highs and ultimate lows with dance. Yes, yes, yes. So, tell us some stories about those or some lessons that you've learned that you've still applied to your life today.
0: Yeah. Um... So, again, from a young age, you have a packed schedule. I think I, at, in my prime, I was dancing like 40 to over like 50 hours a week preparing for a competition. We'd be there, like some of our hip hop groups, we'd be at the studio till like 1 a.m. the nights before a competition. And keep in mind, we were all in high school. That's crazy. We, some people had jobs at the time. Um, and we're like also like kids, like trying to like, Grow up, you have no time, like, when you're younger, I can count on one hand how many birthday parties I went to when I was younger, not because I wasn't invited, but because you can't go, you have to start making those decisions, and prioritizing your life when you are nine years old, like, if someone misses dance for a birthday party, like, no, like, that's not happening, And if you want to do that, like, be in wreck. like, that's, that was the level that we were at, and so it definitely, like, taught me time management, for sure, which, like, has been really good because I'm always someone I think every single year of my life like obviously with COVID you get into a limbo of not doing anything and there's lockdowns and you know work shuts down or whatever but like right now like I'm super busy with my current job I kind of cut back on school a little bit this semester and stuff but I would not be as successful with all those things I wouldn't get the grades or anything that I do if I didn't learn this like crucial part of life which is time management at such a young age for sure think also like networking yourself um is definitely like part of it you know um i have a teacher she said like you want to have these three things and normally you can get away with having like one or two of them but if you can have all these three things always be kind to like everybody in the room be open be open to networking yourself be on time And then be talented. But sometimes if you're on time and you're a good networker and you're not necessarily, like, the best one in the room, you can still get those opportunities, you know, because you show your present in the moment and you're, like, open to, like, learning and everything. So definitely something I have always learned. And even now, like, again, with dance, you never know who you're talking to, you know. Like, someone you could be competing against when you were 10 could be the agent in, like, eight years, you know, that on the other side of the table when you're auditioning so it definitely teaches you how to network yourself how to properly talk to people um you know definitely like I like serve at like Earl's right now and I like make connections with those tables because again I'm like I never know who I'm talking to right you know um so yeah it's definitely definitely taught me to make connections with people for sure What else did it teach me? It taught me a lot. (laughs) It's really, really hard. I think it also taught me, like, who to trust and not to trust, you know? Who's out there for, like, good reasons and who's out there for, like, bad reasons, you know? And, like, that's a very hard pill to swallow when you're young, and there's a lot of resentment and, like, drama that comes with that. And I think now, like, obviously, the friends I have now, we went through, like, a lot. And, like, we did awful things and said awful things about each other. And now, like, we're all, like good now and it's good we all like stepped away from that world i actually just went back to dance this week i was in a, a ballet class so that was fun uh <laughs> definitely feeling that though i will say i can't believe i did that like uh, hours and hours a week but i'm excited to get back into it um but yeah i don't know it's it, crazy there's life. a lot it's a crazy life. It, it is a crazy life and like i'm so grateful for it you know, like, by the age of 14 or 15, you have lived more than some middle-aged adults. You've right. done more. You've been more in places. Like, it's crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. Just listening to this, I'm like, yo. Yeah. yeah. You, you've it's been, a whole you've been to Hawaii. <laughs> I don't think a
0: lot of people understand it. Oh, you were a dancer. Like, what did you do? Like, you yeah. know, there's so many, like, misconceptions. And I was, like, I was, like, training so hard. Like, sure, I cannot play basketball in gym class, but I will literally... <laughs> beat you all in, like, the working out part and, like, the endurance part, you know? So it was, like, I mean, definitely hard for people to, like, understand you and understand that stress you are going through because it's, like, how bad could this be? You guys are traveling everywhere and you guys are doing all this. It's, like, we are training, like, so, so hard and really did not have a life. But then, like, in high school when we all had, like, that one inch of freedom to start partying and stuff like that, I definitely think we took that to the next level. Like, definitely not good. <laughs> um, because we didn't live when we were younger. We didn't get the chance to, like, right. experience, like, anything or, like, anything social outside from dance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was definitely, like, an adjustment, you know?
2: Well, I definitely got a mean first position, so... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that out there. good!
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is some advice you can give to that young dancer out there who's starting up and wanting to get into dance yeah. or someone who's currently in dance?
0: I think... Always remember, like, why you started and the love you have for it, Um, because it is very easy when you get to a certain level of competitive dance to lose that part of you and to only care about the number of dances you have. The people who you work with, never mind the people that, like, choreograph your dances. Like, we would have, like, our home teachers that would teach us for months and months and months. No one cared if they got a solo with them. Everyone would want the solo of the person that's being flown in from Toronto or New York. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, awful in a sense because these teachers, like, work so hard and they have families and they have lives and they've, like, worked in this industry for years but because they're not a traveling choreographer, like, they're, like, being overlooked now. So they also experience this form of witnessing these transactional relationships and they experience this competitiveness and all these issues as teachers as well and that's another thing that's never talked about too wow. um but yeah i definitely would say remember like why you started don't overwork yourself like work with who you like don't work with who everyone else wants to mm-hmm. work with and i think i definitely learned that um You know, like, if you connect with this teacher and they really understand your body and they really, like, respect you and they really understand, like, how you move and they're going to, like, really put time and effort into an amazing piece for you and not just do it for the money. Work with them and, like, do what you want. If you don't want to do a solo and you just want to focus on duos, do that. I think that is something that definitely like my generation of dance missed out on. We just overworked ourselves and tried to do everything. And I think it definitely would have been different for all of us if we didn't. Yeah. Um, again, super grateful. And like, it was like the best times of my life. I see on Instagram now, like all these little kids competing and I'm like so happy for them because it's been two years of no stages, no competition. So it's definitely nice to see all of that. But I just hope that like, Even, like, with social media, you know, and just the talks about, like, anxiety and everything that, like, parents, too, will understand that you don't need to, like, overwork your kid. I think a lot of parents try and live through their kids. Yeah, of course. Through dancing. I think, honestly, in anything in life, I think a lot of parents put that type of pressure on their kids. But whoever you feel most comfortable with is honestly, like, something I, like, suggest to everybody. You know, you don't need to be working with who everyone else wants to work with and, Mm -hmm you know, if you want to, like, choose a different path, and even if you don't want to compete or do as many things, I think, like, that's really good to set that boundary when you're young, because at the end of the day, it takes, like, one solo and one dance to, like, get a high score and win everything. Obviously, it helps if you're in 20 and they recognize you all the time, but, you know, I think definitely just, like, have more balance and, like, live a little bit, because I feel like you'll having more balance from a young age in this world would definitely, like, help some people, I think. And then, you know, when they're 18 or whatever and they decide to go to university universe and they step back from this, they don't feel, like, completely lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: like that. All right. On this note, I think this is the perfect way to end off the podcast. <laughs> if you haven't already, make sure to check out Alexa. We'll plug everything in the description below. Uh, we're live every Tuesday morning at 11.30 a.m. on the UMFM radio station, 101.5 FM. And until next time, peace. peace. With Thank you guys! You. Oh.